Hey, I'm Kaylee. And I'm Sierra. And this is True Crime and Punishment. Episode 2 of Season 2. Today, Kaylee will be telling us about cannibals, the Scottish ones. Oh, I think cannibals of any nationality are a problem. And I don't think that's a controversial statement. (laughs) Um, That's right. Today, we're going to be talking about Sawney Bean and the infamous Scottish Bean clan. Um, You can thank my mother (laughs) for this episode. Um, She's not a true crime person. I said it before. She doesn't like true crime, but she loves her children. Therefore, she listens to our podcast. She's currently on the Tylenol episode. Thanks, mom. (laughs) Um, But she, I guess she was reading a book where this case was referenced. And she was like, and I thought, what was it? She texted me and she said, I was listening to your podcast today. I was listening to podcast today because it was a typo. I was like, what podcast? And she was like, the one, your podcast. And I was like, you were listening to my podcast. And she was just, yeah. And I I have a case for you. And so she texts me about something that actually managed to truly disturb me. Because <laughs> um, I, I don't do cannibals. <laughs> Most people don't, I think. Yeah, I, I, that's, an, that's an asinine thing to say, isn't it? I tend to stay away from cannibal cases <laughs> because I think I've said it before. I'm a vegetarian. Um, <laughs> so, like, I don't even eat animal meat. So the thought of someone eating people meat really... Uh, okay. <laughs> um, so this is going to be not a short... Not very appetizing. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, it's not. it's not my idea of a good time. But I don't think it's many people's idea of a good time. But... Today's episode is going to be a little bit shorter. I believe we mentioned it at the end of last week's episode, where this is a case where it's so old that it's more myth than fact, which makes me feel better about the world I live in, but (laughs) it also means that- (laughs) Yeah, there is some- Oh, sorry. (laughs) There's some comfort to that, the idea that, well, maybe it just got blown out of proportion, hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. But that means there's not like a, a, an exact trail to follow. There's just um, basically the story and then what got Sonny Bean caught. And if I'm not saying that correctly, I apologize. <laughs> From what I understand, this is how you say it. Uh, I saw people with actual Scottish accents saying Sonny, and I will not attempt a Scottish accent. Uh, I was about I to even... ask you to do this whole story, the Scottish accent. <laughs> I can barely speak with like an American accent well, so I'm not going to try and put that on. Anyone else have to listen to that for up to an hour. I want you to know, Sierra, that it, within this case, like the, the paper that I've written up, um, usually my write-ups, I tend to go, instead of bullet point, I try and do almost like a script because I distract myself very easily. And today, there's a part where I just have in parentheses, leave this space for me and Sierra to gag about how freaking nasty that is. That is a direct line. So it's going to be pretty gross. Uh-oh. This is, this is your official content warning, I guess. Cannibalism. 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 <laughs> All right. Without further ado, we're going to talk about Sonny Bean, the Scottish cannibal killer in the Bean family. Okay. So Sonny Bean was said to be born in East Lothian, which is about like 10-ish miles away from Edinburgh. His full name was Alexander Sonny Bean, um, and Sonny is like a nickname for Alexander, so he was referred to as Sonny Bean, like Sander, Sonny, Scottish accents. We all see how we got there. 
That's actually kind of cute, and now that bothers me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, as we said, let's start off by saying that this story cannot be confirmed to be entirely true and accurate. It may very well be the stuff of legends, and given the facts of this case, we'll probably sleep better if we tell ourselves this is nothing but fiction. (laughs) (laughs) So, Sonny was said to be born either during the reign of James I of Scotland in the 1400s, or during the reign of James VI in Scotland, who would be the first James or James I of Ireland. That's the same person. James VI of Scotland is the same as James I of Ireland. Hmm. Um, and so James VI uh, would have been, his reign was from 1567 to 1603. So that's the timeline we're looking at. It depends on what kind of circle of legend you're following. I tend to kind of think that it's more likely to be during the reign of James VI because the story of the Bean Clan began to be written down and we can see it in history starting in like 1770s. Um, I believe the specific year was 1775. So it makes more sense that this would have happened in the late 1600s or the early 1700s um, and not back in the 1400s and then be written down later. But either way, yeah. it's kind of, it makes sense if it had been passed down from generation from like word of mouth instead of like written down. But it was believed that Sonny was the son of a hedger and ditcher, basically, you know, dug ditches, and that he himself was a tanner. So he worked with, like, you know, animal skin, leather maker kind of thing. Did that send him in a downward spiral to his new career path? I'd say he got some knowledge from the job. Uh, you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Not much is really known about his early life, but we do know that he married a woman reportedly by the name of Black Agnes Douglas. Sonny and good old Agnes would marry, and then facing some financial hardship, they would relocate to Ayrshire. The couple would make themselves at home in Benang Cave. This cave is a, a connection of tunnels that kind of eventually opens up into an actual cave system, like a big bigger open room it said that there's a ton of different connecting tunnels throughout this cave system and it's more than a mile long so it's not as much underground from what i could see the pictures that i saw they didn't go a mile down obviously obviously but they were like a mile back so it was a very very large cave system hmm the caves are also reported to have many side passages that the couple would kind of convert over the next 25 years make this cave a home um this <laughs> you know while this sounds like my actual worst cla- like claustrophobic nightmare the beans seem to enjoy their new cave troll existence and they would soon welcome many many little baby beans into their cave home but before sonny could grow his garden of baby beans he would first have to find a way to support the new mrs bean Despite reporting to have been a tanner by trade, it didn't seem that Sonny was really keen to spend his life as a tradesman. So what is a man to do when he has a want for money but no want for regular work or skilled labor? Theft and battery, of course. Sonny would turn to robbery to put food on the cave table um, in more ways than one. Sonny would begin to ambush and rob travelers on the road between villages. From what I understand, the cave was located between on these like winding long roads between different villages and outposts. So it was kind of in the middle of nowhere. So if you're going to rob people, excellent place to do it, I guess. Yeah, it's going to be like the 40 thieves kind of 
vibe to it. I like it. I mean, yeah, long, but <laughs> but effective. Long and effective. Um, so, yeah, they were just connected by these long and lonely roads. So after beginning his illustrious robbery career, Sonny would have to consider how can he evade capture because he is just robbing these people. While he could rob travelers and disappear into his caves, the travelers were going between villages. So they had a place to stop. Villages had people, and people didn't take too kindly to robbers hiding in caves and making the roads dangerous. So what do you do to evade capture? Fortunately, Sonny would think about this, and eventually this would lead to an epiphany. Dead men can't bring back justice. So Sonny decided to finally use his tanner trade to murder his victims and dismember their bodies to avoid capture or identification. Oh my goodness. So his yeah, his plan was to kill the travelers, steal their money, and then he would just go about his life. He had no one to identify him, no one to stop him. Um, and if you think back, this is likely happening in the late 1600s, 1700s. Who knows? You don't even know where someone has disappeared from, just that they're gone. And like, oh, I heard he was traveling from here to here and someone else could see him there to there. But in terms of opportunity, this is an excellent opportunity. And with mile a mile or so of cave, you got tons of little hiding places. So he decided, when he decided to murder people, that he had two birds to kill and he would kill them with the one stone. No pun intended. So one bird, <laughs> one bird was how to evade identification and capture and he killed that bird by using his like, ability to tan animals, like the, the knowledge of that to kill and dismember people. The other bird was the fact that he would have to make repeated trips into town for provisions. To kill this bird, Sonny decided that dismembering the bodies was not enough. He would dismember and butcher the remains and bring the remains back home for him and his family to eat. Oh, no. This is where we're leaving the space for you and me to gag about how nasty that is. (laughs) (laughs) But this feels like a circular problem to me. You don't want to work to get money to buy things like provisions. So instead of working, you're going to rob people. So you can get money to buy provisions. But now you're robbing people and killing people so you cannot get caught for robbing people and killing them. So you don't have to work for your money to get provisions. But now you're robbing and killing people for their money and to eat them. So now you don't need provisions. And it's just like, I feel like this is like the, what is it, the Ouroboros, <laughs> the snake eating its tail. It's just like <laughs> circular reasoning, reasoning at its finest. Yeah, if you didn't like being a tanner, like surely there were some other options. I mean, I don't think you have to pay rent for a cave. (laughs) (laughs) Oh Oh my my. goodness, but... His kids, he fed that to his kids. He fed them flesh of humans. They were raised on human flesh. That's the the story of Sonny That's nasty. Like, like, ugh. It's just, it's... I'm pretty sure that if ever came down to it, and it was like, oh, either eat this person or die, I'd be like, I'm going home to Jesus. Yeah, I would die. This is my end. I, I, the thing is, I would stay alive, but I wouldn't be alive, like living after that. <laughs> there's there's, there's no recovery. Yeah, okay, I so think th- there's something... Oh, sorry. <laughs> nope, go, go for it. I don't know. I feel like there's something... I don't know. People are, to an extent, like, sacred. Like, I understand that we have a soul and a spirit, so we're not just all flesh and bone. But I mean, the body is the part of is a part of the person. Like, I don't think you should violate that in any way, shape, or form, including, you know, 
eating them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think there are things in nature, even taking like religion out of it, um, that say you shouldn't eat the flesh of your own. Like you think of mad cow disease, which is what some what cows get when they eat cow. They get mad cow disease. It, it's not good for you. You can think of diseases. You can get what is it, kuru, where it's a disease you get by eating human brain. I think <laughs> I think there's stuff that happens in nature, and whether or not you believe in the divine, like Sierra and I do, and you believe that there's a creation aspect to that, or you believe that nature gets its own. It shows that you should not be eating people. You should not be eating something of your own. There is a natural hierarchy to the world and you just, you don't eat people. <laughs> I shouldn't ever have to say that. <laughs> <sighs> My. <sighs> anyway, the next two decades would be filled with robbery, cannibalism, and new bean babies who would all be raised to consume the flesh of unsuspecting passersby. The family was said to salt and pickle the flesh of their victims and discard the rest into the ocean or keep the bones in their cave. Uh, one thing, Sierra, that is super gross is you can, well, it's hauntingly beautiful, I guess, because it's art. Anyway, you can find many artist renditions of the bean cave where you can see pictures of the bean family. There, I saw one of a bunch of children sitting around like the bean family, like they're children and adults around like a, there was like a head on a plate in the middle of a cave and there were like piles of bones around um one that i saw was like it was sonny bean standing guard at his cave and there was like a headless body kind of draped over a rock and in the background you saw a woman walking into the cave holding a leg just like a leg from like the thigh on down like holding it by the ankle the way one would hold like a basket super disgusting um, but it was kind of a good representation of how commonplace it would have been for the Beaton family just to have butchered remains around. Oh my. Ugh. That's so gross. Yeah. Your mother shared this case with us. Yes, she said, like, you should cover it. The worst part was, like, it sounds like something you would be into. <laughs> My mom raised me to be a good person. And, and she looked at a cannibal clan from Scotland and thought my baby would be into that. <laughs> but thanks, mom. <laughs> She's very supportive. I love love you, mom. Um, but, but yeah, so it's the, the art is all really disturbing because of how the members of the, the Bean family are just, they're completely unbothered by carnage and just the depravity of man and how if we want to get into kind of like an artsy bend we're both writers where mm -hmm. we have <laughs> a tendency to do that just how something so macabre and wrong can become commonplace if you give it enough space and time to be commonplace yeah so pretty pretty gruesome stuff you should google it <laughs> or I'll some pictures <laughs> of the podcast there's a few that are a little less disturbing but they're all kind of Gross. Anyway, the beans themselves, they would have 14 children. And then of those 14 children, uh, their children would then have children themselves. Um, specifically, they'd have 18 grandsons and 14 granddaughters. The thing about this is you might be thinking, well, how did they manage to find people in decent society who were okay with being married into a cannibalistic family? Did they, they didn't. threaten them to marry them? No. They were all inbred. Oh, oh! I was thinking they just like snatched some people, and they're like, "Okay, you have a choice: you marry my kid or you die." But 
Mm. Well, I, I don't see how you can marry outside of your family if you think that other people are food. <laughs> so it, it's reported that. That'd be like marrying a pig. <laughs> oh, that's so messed up. Yeah, but it was said that the bean children um, were, they would inbreed with each other and they would have children. So specifically, the beans would be proud grandparents to 18 grandsons and 14 granddaughters. Oh my goodness. Ew. Ew. So now, <laughs> so now we have a clan of 48 beans living in this cave and killing travelers on the road. Um, They... Depending on what reports you look at, they're either said to have killed hundreds or up to a thousand, beyond a thousand people on these roads. And local authorities were said to have a very extensive list of missing people, but they couldn't figure it out. They would send people, um, there were like reports of massive searches being conducted in between these villages to try and find any of the missing travelers, but they would never think to search the Benane Cave. Why not? <laughs> Like, I would think a hole, that would be a place to find a missing person. Because that would make sense, but it's not a cave, like, that you could just, um, it wasn't, like, a hole in the ground. It was, like, you'd walk in and it would be, like, a cave system. So, it, in the sense of someone getting lost, it didn't make sense that someone would just get lost that way in a cave. Plus, there was also reports that the tides would rise and the first few hundred feet of the cave would be covered in water. Um. So... Or, again, it's it's also likely that this isn't true. <laughs> or maybe it was just out of the way and well hidden. So, I just, I don't understand. But I wouldn't want to check a cave for corpses, so. True. While concern grew, the Bean family's operation also grew. They were said to level, like, levy military-style ambushes against groups of travelers. And they could take up to half a dozen people by brute force alone. Like, six people at a time. Oh my goodness. And they the men would go out and bring home the travelers and the women would, you know, butcher them and prepare them. And then the family would eat them. Unfortunately for the Bean clan and fortunately for literally everybody else in Scotland, <laughs> even their tactical military operation would come to an end. One day, the Beans were um, attempting to kill a husband and wife who were on horseback. They were traveling from a nearby fair home, and one of the beans, um, one group of beans would try and grab the wife, and one would try and grab the husband. They would manage to pull the woman from the horse, and before they could get the husband off the horse, they had they had stripped her and disemboweled her, and so she oh she had passed. Goodness. So yeah, they would pull the woman off the horse, disembowel her. And then the man had watched that happen to his wife, and he was fighting with a renewed sense of anger and fear because he knew exactly what was happening. It wasn't just a robbery. It wasn't just pull them off the horse. They were out to kill them. Um, so since he had just watched, this poor man had just watched a group of inbred cave people murder and disembowel his wife right in front of him, he knew what would happen if the group managed to get him off of his horse. So it's said that he fought with renewed desperation, reportedly pulling, pulling um, I saw a sword and a pistol. A sword was the more common thing. Some people said he had both um, to aid him. And then he would direct his horse at the people. Like, so the horse would st stomp them. <laughs> Good. <laughs> so 
That's what I would do. Yeah. Yeah. But so he would point his horse at the attackers. Um, and so who knows if that would, would have been successful in the long run. What actually managed to stop the Bean family was another group of travelers. They said between 20 and 30 people also coming from the fair uh, came upon the scene. And that scared the beans. And they would flee and they'd leave the mutilated body of this woman behind. Um, there would be oh. several witnesses, the body, and just one extremely traumatized and angry husband. So they would go back to their cave, and what happened next was they were t- they took the husband, and he was taken before the chief magistrate of Glasgow, who, upon hearing of this murderous group of cave people living um, in between towns, he would connect it to his list of, oh, crap, I've got a list of, like, hundreds of missing people. <laughs> and he would waste no time in taking action. In fact, he would take this to King James who would go to Ayrshire with an army of 400 men in tracking dogs to try and find these people. A local group of volunteers would also join in, and there would be this massive meat... <laughs> a meat hunt. A, a massive man... <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so they launched a massive... <laughs> they launched a massive manhunt to find the Bean family. Um, it said, though, during this initial search, there was nothing found. Despite this army and these other people, um, they wouldn't find anything in those woods until one of those tracking dogs was able to pick up the scent of what they assume now to be decay and led them to the cave. So soldiers would enter the cave by torchlight and they would walk down that near mile long passage to the inner part of the cave. Soldiers reported seeing rows and rows of human limbs and body parts hanging like meat on butcher hooks from the ceiling. Other parts of the cave had piles of clothing and stolen jewelry from past, like those people that they'd killed previously. Uh, Apparently, bones were abundant and just littered throughout the cave. So not only are there murderous, evil people, they're slobs. (laughs) Oh, no. The bones really gross. Okay. Um, it said that there was a fight in the cave where the beans were eventually arrested, although some most reports say that there were 48 that were arrested. Um, they were brought to Edinburgh by the king himself, and the entire family was put on trial. Scotland was apparently known for, like, uh, having a fair and, you know, fair justice system, and they're like, nah, screw that. <laughs> You're going on trial <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> Fake those beans. And and they did. <laughs> it's really funny that you said that. Oh, wait a second, what? <laughs> okay, so oh, no. all 48 people were put on trial and all of them, were the entire family, were sentenced to death. So women, men, children, all of them. Um, reports state that 27 of the men were hung, drawn, and quartered, which means that they had their arms and legs cut off and they were left to bleed it to death while the women watched. Um, then the 21 lady beans were all burnt, quote, like witches in mass fires oh oh um i did not know that before making that joke (laughs) it was funny um what did they do to the kids they were also said to be put to death um some reports i saw that they were burnt with the women others said that it was just divided by gender so men were drawn and quartered and girls were 
burned. Mm-hmm. But there wasn't a ton of information on the Bean children at that point. They were almost all referred to as being older. Um, and it okay. had been 20 years, so I don't know how, or 20 plus years since the initial murder. So I don't know how old his children would have been at that time. Um, but yeah, that is the story of the Bean clan of Scotland, uh, Scotland's most notorious cannibal family. I don't know if there's more than one, but <laughs> that's how I saw them touted Scotland's most notorious cannibals. I'm like, wow, Whew, how many cannibals can you have as per capita? I shouldn't say that as an American. We have Dahmer and other people. Like, yeah. So, as a disclaimer, the legend of Sonny Bean is not able to be fully substantiated. The tale has some questions of timeline and with resolutions so grandiose that the king himself would come to seek justice. It's it's easy to see why this might be a tall tale or something that's been blown out of proportion. Some are some people say that this was a tale come from England to specifically kind of talk smack, so to speak, about uh, Scotland. Um, I saw one source saying that the name Sawney is reporting reported to be something of a derogatory term for Scotsman, but I also saw that, that was like a nickname for Alexander. But someone did say, one article I read going as far as to say that calling a Scotsman Sawney was about as the equivalent of calling an Irishman Patty. So it, it would have been a common Scottish name and a common name to kind of like attach to an insult. Mm. Um, so take the story of Sawney Beam with a grain of salt, whether it's based on a true story that was blown way out of proportion. Um, so they could be like a Scottish Boo Radley, like from To Kill a Mockingbird. Uh, Boo Radley was a real person that was kind of like from Harper Lee's hometown. So it could be that they just had an eccentric cave family <laughs> living in Scotland. <laughs> who didn't hate people. <laughs> right. Who might have just been more reserved, could have been not part of town. Maybe they didn't eat people, but they were legend, like local legends. Or maybe they were just murderous Scotsmen living in the caves and inbreeding with each other. We'll never know. I'm not sure I want to know. Um, but re- <laughs> but regardless, the Bean family will live on in infamy and the story of Sonny Bean will be continuously passed down. So, yeah, a bit of a shorter case, if you can even call it a case today. But that is the story of Alexander, Sonny Bean, and all of his little beanie babies. So, <laughs> that's terrible. It is. Um, before we fully wrap up this case, um, there was some interesting information. A lot of times when you see terrible, terrible acts <laughs> or terrible histories, there's a lot of within like the horror genre, um, people will take inspiration from that. And with the, um, you know, the Sonny Bean family, the Bean clan, um, there are horror movies and horror tropes that have kind of been based off of this old story. Like if you ever seen the movie, The Hills Have Eyes. Um, that's about an inbred cannibal family that lives in the hills <laughs> and, eat, you know, they hunt and eat people. <laughs> uh, it's a, I, I've never seen it. I don't think I will ever see it. I'm not opposed to horror movies, but I don't really like super, super gory movies and cannibalism already ekes me out. So, yeah, but yeah, yeah, Sierra, please never watch it. Um, yeah, I don't do horror at all. <laughs> no, I can't. Uh, we, we made Sierra, a friend, some of our friends made Sierra watch Insidious. And, <laughs> and, nope. And I'm not still thinking about that. <laughs> I still say you have to see the second one, but it's okay. But no. yeah, so another thing, um, some people, like, a lot of articles I read started off by, like, comparing Sonny Bean to Hannibal Lecter and being like, 
compared to the Bean Clan, Hannibal Lecter's just a tame little pussycat. Like, that seems kind of extreme. I feel like anybody who kills somebody else and furthermore eats somebody else, I think any of them are bad. Like, we don't need to compete here. Yeah. What you're telling me is that the Bean Clan were trendsetters. Oh. Like, they're the Kardashians of cannibalism. I hate that, but yes. (laughs) Um, But yeah, (laughs) they actually... If you've ever seen The Silence of the Lambs with Hannibal Lecter, there's a line where it's actually one of the more famous lines. And if you've never seen the movie, you've probably either heard this line or seen the gif where it's like, the full line's like, a census taker once tried to test me. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Like, and then like, he does like a weird like thing with his mouth where it's like, almost like a serpent, I would say. But it's just like the, the line, fava beans, some people say that's a reference to the bean family. Oh, either way, the deranged man saying he ate someone's liver with fava beans and a pairing wine. So at least that's what I think that is. I had to Google how to say Chianti. Chianti. It might be Chianti. I can't remember. I have a a phonetic pronunciation here and I probably still said it wrong. So forgive me. (laughs) I don't drink wine. (laughs) Um, or pronounce things apparently, but yeah, it's super gross. Uh, once again, I'd like to thank my mom. <laughs> um, it was an interesting, um, an interesting thing to look into, and it was, as far as cannibalistic research, the fact that I can kind of look at it with a grain of salt and say this may not be real did make it easier. Yeah, I'm glad we were doing this in the afternoon and not in the evening. <laughs> it was dark outside. <laughs> it's reminding me of Sweeney Todd. My sister made me watch that with her. I've seen Sweeney Todd with my dad, oddly enough. And I think that's probably the reason <laughs> that my dad doesn't do horror movies at all. But I think it's probably the reason I don't really like gore is I have a very vivid mental image of Johnny Depp slitting a guy's throat. Yeah. Well, you don't want one of Mrs. Lovett's meat pies. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, that was that was Sonny Bean. Um, a bit of a lighthearted episode. I hope no one <laughs> takes events that we were kind of laughing throughout, but it is it is somewhat ridiculous. It's it's just one of those. It's a grandiose story about such terrible things that you your brain automatically wants to say, "There's no way that happened." Um, and there's like the the ballad of Sonny Bean. Let me pull up the the lyrics, like the the last stanza. There's a ballad. There's a ballad, like written by him or about him. About him. It's written in like older English. It's not like old, like old English, but it's like they've hung them high in Edinburgh town, and likewise, uh, their kin. And the wind blows cold on their bones, and to hell <laughs> they uh, go again. I think, and to hell they are hay again. So, yeah, heartwarming heartwarming but there's like also like a verse about how they fed their their children on the flesh of travelers that's my case this week um (laughs) any thoughts comments concerns sierra what (laughs) uh nothing it's just super disgusting i feel so bad like for the kids like Mm mm-hmm but he had to be crazy. Like, no one decides, oh, you know what? I'm just going to start feeding my family human beings. 
Like, mm. you can't. Ugh. That's so messed you up. You have to be so disconnected from reality to think, how can I make this convenient for myself? But I guess if you're already chill with murder, what what's always crazy <laughs> to me? What's always crazy to me is when you have like a couple, because he was a married man, and so his wife was also like, "Cool, babe." Cooks up like pork. I don't know. Like, so not only was he okay with it, but she was okay with it. How do these people find each other? <laughs> because I'm over here. <laughs> I'm like, I'm normal. I don't eat people and I'm still single. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sitting over here. All I want is a nice guy, like, romantic, I don't know, has a job. <laughs> like, I feel like my criteria is so much lower than must be okay with murder and cannibalism. <laughs> like my conversation about having kids with dates have always been like, yeah, I want kids and I want to like, I, I don't know. This is what I believe in like raising them and I blah, 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 blah. And like, I think we should feed the flesh of travelers to our kids. Cool. Cool. <laughs> oh my. Ugh. That's so nasty. So if you ever feel bad about being single, feel extra bad because even cannibals can find each other. <laughs> oh my. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so what is our uplifting uh, way to end? Okay, so that's the end of the case, which I, I would argue we've been done with the case for probably since before we started it. Um, <laughs> But what is our uplifting? My uplifting thing is. Is it weird to talk about the baby blanket I'm crocheting? <laughs> um, no. Okay. A dear friend of mine is a dear friend of ours, I should say, is having her first baby. Mm-hmm. And I started making her uh, baby blanket this week. And it's been a lot of fun uh, to think about how, you know, she's going to be a mom. And I'm just excited for her and for this baby. So, and she plans to feed her baby like regular food. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I really hope so. No, she's gonna I'm raise kidding. this child right. They live in a house. They're not in a cave. Like they're all good. <laughs> there are no warning signs. <laughs> she's also gonna text us and be like, "Yeah," because <laughs> she knows who she is. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, my uplifting is, um, I don't know, I've gotten back into a hobby that I really enjoy for to make something for somebody I love. So it's been really, really fun. What about you, Sierra? Um, I got to see some family friends. They actually moved from my home state to this state. And um, one of their sons had his little football game. So we went to that yesterday. It was so fun. And his mom is one of like those football moms. Like she brought her cute little chair thing you can like set on the cement bleachers or whatever to be all comfy. But as soon as the game starts, she stands up and she's like, I'm sorry if I'm loud. And then she just was like yelling and cheering. She has a really good whistle that she can do super loud. It was just very fun. It was good to see them again. The The world of young, of little kids sports. Well, I shouldn't say little kid. Middle school. <laughs> but they look so natal <laughs> on the field. Their little football jerseys with their little shoulder pads. <laughs> I felt so bad because one of them on the other team he was running around the field doing his best and he is so much smaller than everybody else and i'm like this is football why are you here you're so tiny but he did well they all did well it was very fun to watch that's the creep like i grew up in a hockey family um so we would be in the rink every weekend and it was crazy because my brother he was shorter for a little while but he was 
I don't want to say wide, like in a in a bad way or like whatever, like body positivity. He was just stocky. He was he was broad shouldered. He was a little bit short, but he was looked a little smaller, a little bit shorter than everybody else. <laughs> and you'd have kids like him who were like you know shorter, but like built out. And then you had the kids who were tall and built out, the willowy ones. And then you had the ones who looked like they're about four years old. Yeah, but they were fast. <laughs> and so, but they'd all be within the same like two or three years. Like I think for his league, it was two or three grades, or they had to be within a specific age range. They were all the same age, but then you'd see the the difference between them. My brother used to. Um, he was a little bit shorter and kids are mean, but they, he looked a little chubby. He really wasn't, but he looked short and a little bit pudgier, but he was just like broad shouldered and you couldn't really tell that because he had like six inches of pads on, but people would think he'd be an easy target. I used to watch kids try to check him, which is like where you like throw your body into another person, try and get them to like, you know, fall over or whatever. And they would check him and bounce off. And he'd just be standing there looking at him like, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. But if you ever watch hockey and you see somebody check somebody, it's it's not usually how it goes, but it was really fun. <laughs> uh, but my dad was definitely a hockey hockey dad. Very loud. Very very supportive, but very loud. Yeah, those parents are almost more fun than the game. Like, yeah. it's fun to watch the parents. I would never want to be a ref, though. Oh, yeah. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. My brother, um, he's repped a couple games because now he's obviously older. But the things people say about the ref, like they don't know what they're doing. Oh, like this grandma, and I will say, my friend, <laughs> she did yell down to the ref, "Let them play already!" Because he kept, I guess, throwing little flags out. Which I don't. It would help if I knew the rules of football, but I don't. So I don't know what the <laughs> flags were for, if they were all warranted or not. But it was taking forever. And this grandma's like, <laughs> very loudly, he needs to go home and take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> like about the ref and i'm just sitting there so embarrassed because i'm like you guys this is it's not an easy job to be a ref okay nobody ever likes you we don't need to yell at him yeah, what's really fun it's like when it comes to like youth sports different leagues can bring their own ref and you can always tell when it's not your ref because like it would usually be a parent and be like you're not playing unbiased gerald gerald <laughs> but every once in a while we'd have like um a rink ref where the rink would provide one and they'd have no connection. And then you'd have parents on both teams being like, you suck. And so you do that. Yeah. The ref sucks is when parents from different teams would be like, hey, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But, fun facts. <laughs> Are we doing that right? <laughs> I don't think so. And I don't know if that was uplifting either, necessarily. But I don't know. I thought it was fun. It was uplifting to be at the game. It was fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uplifting. I don't know if uplifting is the right word for this. Just more of a... Just like a... a, a not call it a palate. <laughs> I'm not going to call it a palate cleanser. I think somebody... like There's another podcast I know that I listen to. Also, listen palate to. cleanser in light of what we talked about today is not the appropriate term. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard other podcasts use that and I don't want to like... Be associated. Not associated. I don't want someone's rabid fans to be like, You stole their term! I'm not speaking about any specific podcast because I genuinely can't remember. I'm going to cut all this out anyway. I don't know. I don't know what we can call this because, like, wind down time, a wind down, like a sudden shift, like shift of focus, like changing lanes, yeah. exiting the murder highway. <laughs> <laughs> It'll stroll through the park, but not what? like a park where you're murdered. Yeah. <laughs> oh goodness, goodness, goodness! It's a rabbit trail. 
one of these days we need to do a tangent Tuesday where we talk about all the times we've almost died. Yeah. Because I don't know why you said rabbit trail, but we think that time I almost got gutted at a gas station, but we should talk about that. That was yeah. a good time. I mean, not a good time, but like it was it's funny a good in story. Retro- <laughs> it's funny in retrospect, but terrifying in the moment. Uh, which I think is my entire life. Um <laughs> But yeah, I think that's it for this week. Is there anything else we should say now that we've been rambling for an extra 20 minutes past the end of our podcast? <laughs> um, I honestly don't remember what next week's is. It's the ship. The Oh, yes. The um, a Bluebell? The Bluebell ship. All right. So the Bluebell ship next week will be an interesting time. Yeah. Is that one? Um, is that a murder or is that just a mystery? It is it is a mystery that revealed a murder. Interesting. I've never heard of this one, so that's going to be really, really cool. So join us again next week to hear, to hear Sierra tell us the case of the Bluebell ship. Um, and the woman who became known as the Sea Waif or the Sea Orphan. I'm intrigued. You should be. All right. Well, <laughs> I hope you guys are intrigued as well. We will see you next week. But until then, be aware. Take care. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.